This is Howard Anderson, Managing Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today we're talking with Matt McMillan, CEO at Synergist Tech. The majority of the major healthcare information breaches reported to federal authorities so far have involved the theft or loss of unencrypted computer devices. Under the HITECH Act, breaches involving data encrypted to a certain standard do not have to be reported. So why isn't the use of encryption more common by now? I think that uh, everybody would want uh, the benefit of having safe harbor to protect themselves from having to report these things uh, and having to go through either being talked about in the press or, more importantly, having to, to explain an unnecessary breach to, uh, to uh, their patients. But I think that the reasons are several. I think the first reason is, is that encryption, even today under high tech, is still addressable. In other words, it's, it's not a mandatory uh, requirement for them. It is something that they can do if they choose to, to avoid notification. But there's no hard uh, requirement in HIPAA or high tech for them to encrypt their data. So they still have a choice. So organizations still have a choice as to whether or not uh, they do this. And, and I think that's one of, one of the reasons that we're not seeing uh, more of it, because as long as it's a, a choice for organizations, they're going to make uh, risk, risk-based decisions, you know, in terms of how they perceive risk. So organizations that are more averse to risk, I think, are the ones who are moving out and becoming early adopters of encryption technology. And those that are less averse to risk are holding back still. The other thing I think that's going on is I think some people are just waiting to see what the leaders do. In other words, to see, you know, which solutions work best. You know, a lot of hospitals are not early adopters when it comes to technology. So except for the big guys uh, who have uh, greater resources and greater capabilities and more staff to address some of these things, a lot of the smaller and medium-sized hospitals, I think, uh, are in that late or mid-range adopter uh, group, if you will, that like to see what others do first, see what works before they go out and invest. And I think that's the second reason uh, we haven't seen uh, quite as much encryption as one might think, and that's the cost. There's a, a real perception, and it's not unfounded, that that, that encryption costs money. Uh, I'll give you a couple examples. Take a, a mid-range hospital, one of our customers that we work with, for them to encrypt somewhere around uh, 300 or so laptops uh, cost them about $18,000. That's not a bad price, but, but that's a ballpark for, for somebody who's just thinking about encryption uh, technology, if you will, for laptops, which is one of the biggest concerns we have right now with respect to losing data. Another uh, hospital system, a larger hospital system, which has multiple hospitals, they spend uh, anywhere from uh, 200 to 300,000 annually on encryption. So that's a line item in somebody's budget uh, that, that's there, that has to be there annually to, to maintain encryption in a large system. And these are not, you know, these are not your largest hospitals. These are kind of your, your mid-range hospital and hospital system, uh, which I think matches you know, the majority of the hospitals out there across America. So I think there's a cost issue. And for a lot of these guys, I don't think they had, you know, encryption per se in their line, in their budgets. So now they're having to 
find the dollars to to do this. The third thing uh, I think that impacts this, and probably one of the biggest, is the aspect of a negative or adverse impact on the system itself or the user experience. How people have the impression that once I encrypt my data, it's going to slow the system down, it's going to slow response down, it's going to be an extra set of steps that the that the physicians have to go through or the, or the workers have to go through in order to get to the data, in order to be able to do whatever it is that they need to do. And again, that, that too is not necessarily unfounded. There is absolute evidence that, that when you start encrypting, particularly back-end databases uh, and large systems, that it does have an impact not only on the uh, performance of the system, the, the response time for the user, uh, but also for the maintenance and administration for uh, the folks that are maintaining uh, the system and having to back it, do the backups and all the other things that you have to do to maintain the system and its data. And, and there's another cost associated with that as well, and that is that once you encrypt, you, you choose to encrypt, and, you're, and you encrypt to in order to meet Safe Harbor, you have to use an encryption algorithm that is approved under the NIST guidelines and the FIPS 140-2 guidebook in terms of your data in order to be compliant. Well, what that means then is that every time that standard changes over time, you're going to have to go back and refresh your encryption uh, solution or your vendors are going to have to refresh their uh, encryption uh, component of their solution in order for you to stay current or compliant. So there's not just an upfront cost, there's not just a cost in terms of impact to the system and to the user, uh, but there's a, there's a downstream cost in terms of maintaining it. So I think all those reasons combined have, have caused some folks to, to go uh, slowly into, into encrypting their data. What steps should healthcare organizations take as they assess whether to apply encryption at all, and if so, how to apply it? Well, I think, first of all, one of the things that we, we should realize about encryption is that it is just one of the tools in our toolbox, if you will, in, a, in a, what I call the old-fashioned defense and depth strategy for protecting data or protecting uh, systems from you know, unauthorized access. And so first thing that we shouldn't do is we shouldn't address encryption as a point solution. In other words, we shouldn't just say, I need to encrypt everything without taking into consideration the other pieces of the puzzle and making sure that encryption is part of a, a greater strategy as opposed to a, a single program element all by itself. And the first thing I think, though, when you do get around to addressing encryption is that you need to define, first of all, where your data is, how you create it, how you transport it, where you store it, where you process it, who's touching it, what they're doing with it, how you share it, and then how you dispose of it. Once you identify all those things uh, with, with respect to your, your environment, then the second step is to, to identify exactly where PHI resides in the enterprise. Is it in databases? Is it in shares, on desktops, laptops, thumb drives, smartphones? You name it. Where in the environment does this information actually reside? So that I now know what, where it is, and I can look at all those different mechanisms I have and controls that I have in order to protect it. And what I want to really try to do is, is limit my encryption footprint. Because if I want to minimize 
those impacts that I talked about earlier in terms of the system performance and the user experience, as well as the administration and maintenance and the cost, then I want to re reduce or, or limit the footprint of, of area that I actually have to encrypt. So if I, if I do these first two steps, and that tells me where I'm producing this data, where I'm storing it, where I'm processing it, where it's going, how I'm using it, et cetera, then I, I, can, I can identify exactly what's available to me to protect it. So step three, then, is to determine exactly where it needs to reside, right? And in other words, can I limit my encryption footprint by reducing the number of locations where I allow PHI to exist? In other words, do I have to have PHI resident on desktops? Or can I create thin clients or desktops, if you will, that don't allow uh, data to be uh, stored there but just accessed from them? If I can, then I may not need to to uh, encrypt my desktops, for instance, right? Uh, step four is, is I need to do, after I've done that, I need to do a risk assessment at this point and take into consideration all the controls available, such as segmentation of the network. Can I put things in a, in a protected enclave within my architecture that only a very limited few actually have direct access to them? And I can use both physical and logical controls in order to limit the risk and thereby not necessarily have to encrypt everything. Can I use configuration of devices, just like the, the desktop scenario I just gave a moment ago? Can I configure those desktops or other devices such that I don't have to worry about protected health information being out there, right? Can I use access controls in terms of being smart about how, and, and, and this also goes into uh, enforcing things like uh, meaningful use, minimal necessary, limited data set, et cetera. Can I limit access to uh, data, sensitive data, to those in few individuals who actually need that information in order to perform whatever duty it is that they're performing and thereby, again, reduce a lot of the risk as to where that data is? Can I use other technologies, such as data loss prevention technology, that allows me to put rules around the data itself and say, this person can't download PHI to a thumb drive because they're not authorized, or this PHI cannot go on this particular laptop because this laptop is not authorized to have PHI on it. Can I use other controls to limit where this data can actually be exposed, if you will, uh, to risk? Once I've done that, then finally I, can, I have a picture of where exactly I need encryption. Where are the points within my environment where I cannot use other measures to limit access to this data or restrict it to the point that I have to now use some physical control or, or security feature such as encryption uh, to protect it properly. And then step five is to take into consideration all of that information that I've, that I've gathered through this process, develop my safe harbor strategy using an integrated approach with all those different layers, and then encrypt those devices and data where no other acceptable countermeasure is present or can adequately protect that information. Well, that's a very good overview. Thanks. So many of the breaches reported uh, to federal authorities so far have involved portable devices. Should health care organizations be considering whether to have PHI and portable devices in the first place? And if there is PHI and portable devices, should it, as a matter of routine, be encrypted? The other question I had was whether it's ever worthwhile to encrypt on the back end of the databases themselves. 
Uh, absolutely, we should be looking at our use of portable devices and whether or not it's absolutely necessary to actually have the data itself on the device or whether it's sufficient to have, have the, the device be able to access the data remotely but not necessarily store it on the device itself. Because again, if I can have access to the information, if I can do what I need to do without actually having to move that data uh, or put that data on that portable device, then that portable device doesn't become as much of a risk to me anymore. Uh, and I may or may not have to encrypt it. If there is PHI on that portable device, then absolutely organizations should be encrypting those those devices. I mean, I, we've seen breach after breach after breach of mobile device, uh, laptop, et cetera, that has uh, gone missing and was not was not encrypted, and there's no way to answer the question for sure whether or not that, that information is or isn't at risk. But even if it was, the, the, the rule is pretty simple in the high-tech act. If there's data out there, if it's not encrypted, then it's considered unsecured data. If it's unsecured data, then you have to go through the whole breach notification process to determine whether or not you have to report or not. And, and encryption is the only real way to, to, to just avoid that, that experience. On the back end piece, the databases, again, they're no different in the sense of in terms of how you approach them and how you think through that process of determining do I need to encrypt or not encrypt. Although uh, with databases, you have more of a, a, an aspect of that impact of performance on the system. So this is where I think a lot of folks think when it comes to data at rest, we're going to see a lot of folks really looking hard at whether or not they encrypt back-end databases or not. The, I think the fortunate thing is, is that back-end databases, in my mind, don't pose as much risk as portable devices do. Um, meaning, usually back-end databases are sitting on servers or in share files on servers that are sitting in data centers and have physical control around them, have limited direct access to them, and if the network is configured properly and segmented properly, then it's much more difficult to get to the, that information than it is, say, to a, a mobile device, a laptop that's just got the files sitting on the laptop and, and, and that aren't, aren't encrypted. However, Organizations do need to understand that there is a data at rest requirement in the act. If their uh, system were to be hacked and someone were to get into that data, then they'd have the same reporting requirements that they would on a, on a mobile device. So they need to consider it carefully. They need to think about how they've, how they've got their networks architected, how they're controlling access to those assets, what other controls they have with respect to those assets, and whether or not it really makes sense to, to encrypt those uh, databases uh, or not. If there are smaller databases, such as access databases, which we see in a lot of hospitals, that are not necessarily on those systems but are out on, on other platforms, say uh, an access database running on a, on a laptop, again, if you encrypt the laptop, then you've taken care of, in terms of hard disk encryption, then you've taken care of a database that may be running on that particular uh, device. But yeah, they, they still should be going through the process of looking at, uh, at where their data is sitting in, in the environment, uh, what kind of protections they have, and limitations on who can access that information, uh, how they present that information out to the system where the user touches it, how others are connecting to their environment and, and have access to those uh, databases and those applications. I think that there are some newer technologies coming out 
with embedded encryption capability in them that's going to, you know, reduce the impacts and reduce the cost with respect to encrypting things like uh, back-end databases. Well, to wrap up, what would you say is, is the key to a successful implementation of encryption? I think the key to being successful really is to, is to really stop and think about it, come up with a plan, document that plan, that strategy, if you will, understand how encryption fits in your overall defense and depth strategy, and then start looking at the various encryption solutions that are available to you uh, in your environment and think about how you're employing those. I think what folks will find is that, one, if they do that, it'll save them money in the long run. Uh, it'll make for a much better solution, and it will reduce the, the impacts, whether it be on the system, uh, the user, or, or even the IT staff that have to maintain this. Thanks very much, Mac. We've been talking today with Mac McMillan, CEO at Synergistech. This is Howard Anderson of Information Security Media Group. Thanks so much for listening.